Let us turn to our God one more time in prayer. Father, we just thank you, O God, that you are the mighty God, that you are awesome, you are the Prince of Peace, you are the wonderful Counselor. Father, we are desperate to hear a word from you today. Speak, Lord, I pray, Lord, through this vessel, Lord God, that we might see Jesus. Prick our hearts, Holy Spirit. God is direct us as we might see fruit in our lives from the obedience, Lord, to your holy word, we pray. Amen. Amen. Celebrating Advent, looking now on this Sunday, Exodus, the third chapter, as our subject matter, verses 1 through 12. Familiar text, as we know, many of us, the story of Moses and the burning bush. But I want to highlight at verse 8 on this morning, as we're going to look how God sends help uh, through Moses. Uh, Exodus, third chapter, uh, verse 8. I'll be reading from uh, the New Living uh, Translation. Uh, those who are able to stand in honor of reading of God's words, you're welcome to do so. Exodus is not too far to find. If you have your Bible, you start at Genesis and you'll end up in Exodus. And we'll be right there, uh, third chapter, highlighting verse 8. If you're not there, say, hold on. Praise the Lord. Sound as we all are there. Let us begin together. Hopefully arrive to the same conclusion. Verse 8 says, So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Praise God for where you may be. See, as you take your seat, you can tell your neighbor, tell them, God came down. Amen. Amen. As we look at the Advent, we're talking about what? The coming, right? Of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're talking about him coming. And here we see, closely here in this text, God speaking to Moses that he is coming down. Now, the beautiful thing about God is coming down. He's not coming down just because he has nothing else to do. He's coming down in a response of the people. Look before verse 8. It says, I heard their cries. Oh, glory be to God. And because he heard their cries, he also saw their oppression. He saw them in bondage. He saw them in slavery. He says, I must move in order to help my people who are calling on my name. I have to come down. Mm. How, 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 how beautiful it is to know that we serve of God that can hear our cries and he's able to move on our behalf. Isn't that good news? And, and think about how good it is that when you call on somebody to answer. Anybody ever call somebody and they did not answer? And you kept on dialing the number pretty soon. You said, you know what? I'm not going to call them anymore because what? They don't answer. And then, and then you see them and they have their phone on them. You ask them, well, how come you don't pick up your phone? But yet we don't have a God that you can call out and he does not answer. No, he says, I heard their cries. And look here closely. They kept on crying out to God because they believed that God could hear them. 
We give up calling folks because we believe they're not going to hear us. So why take the time? Why take the effort? Why even bother calling on them when they're not going to answer? But here God says, I heard their cries. So look how closely this text brings us to in Exodus 3rd chapter. It says, one day Moses was tending the fly. Moses is introduced to us in chapter 2, the birth of Moses, how he had a miraculous birth. Pharaoh wants to kill all the, the children, and, and, and so therefore he has to be hidden, and he's placed in a basket and goes to the reeds, and, 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 and he is found. But the beautiful thing is this, that his sister followed him and, and, and found out that he, where he went, and cast it how God worked out that he was raised as the handmaid, had to be his mother, that Moses was raised to know who God is. And, and from that, he knew of his heritage of being a Jew, but also being raised as an Egyptian, that it got caught up. He saw an Egyptian abusing a Jew, that he stepped in and he killed the Egyptian to save the Jews, but the Jews Jews look around at him and they saw what's going on because the next time he intervenes, they said, what you going to kill us too? Oh, the word is out. Let me get on out of here. So he leaves. He runs away. And we find him now 40 years later. 40 years later, uh, says he's married now. Uh, how we know he's married? He said he was tending the flock of his father-in-law. <laughs> So he's married now, tending the flock of his father-in-law, and, and he's near Mount Oreb, or better known to us as Mount Sinai. But you notice also there's a comma that says Mount, it says near Oreb, but also says what's known as the Mountain of God. That's a commentary because it wasn't known then, but it's known of that now because we know what God did on that mountain. If you don't know, let me give you a history about what God did on that mountain. God spoke. He said, that don't mean anything. Let me say, when God spoke, the mountain shook. <laughs> Fire came out. Smoke was all around. Lightning was thundering. That's happened when God spoke on the mountain. And he received the Ten Commandments on the mountain. God passed before him on the mountain. So there on this mountain, Moses is tending to his flock of his father-in-law and he sees that bush, and we know the story, right? The bush, the burning bush. But I want to highlight this, that this is what's happening here. That God saw his people in Egypt in trouble and peril. He is preparing their salvation in the wilderness. How does that apply to us? Let me help you out. God sees your circumstance. He sees the problem that you're in. But does not mean, check this, check out, does not mean that your deliverance is right, that he might be preparing it somewhere else. <laughs> and so what I want to point out that just because you don't see it, don't mean that God's not doing it. <laughs> the people were crying out in Egypt, God was working it out in the wilderness. <laughs> Here I want to highlight to you is that as you're crying out, God sees what you're going through, it does not mean that God is preparing mm your deliverance to come. Some 400 years they were in Egypt. And it says that, in the Exodus opens up, it says that, that after, you know, good old, you know, all of the children, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they've been there for so long, and they don't, they don't know Mr. Multi-Coat Joseph anymore. They don't know who he is. 
And now they see who these Israelites are. They outnumber us. We need to enslave them and bondage them. So the relationship has shifted. It has changed. Now, now they not become just living in, in Egypt as, as free people. Now they're in bondage and enslaved. And they've been in there some, some time now. As God told Abraham. And so they don't have the same relationship. But yet something shifted. Something changed. But yet God is still the same God who has the same promise. It says now that you're in peril. Now that you're in trouble. I heard your cry. Your looking for your deliverance among you, but that's all right. Your deliverance is out here in the wilderness, and I am preparing it for you. Can I speak to somebody today that God sees what you're going, you're going through? And he's preparing your deliverance for you. <laughs> Just tell your neighbor, hold on. It might be in the wilderness. <laughs> Just because it's in the wilderness, check this out, it's in the wilderness, it's in a place of Horeb, and he looks up to the bush, and the bush is on fire, but it's not on fire because the bush is not being consumed. So Moses comes closer, and the Bible says that when God noticed Moses come closer, God says, I got him now. And he comes closer, and he speaks to him, and Moses, here I am. Don't come any closer, for you're on holy ground. Now Moses takes off his sandals, and understanding that he's in a holy place, and he has a response to this holiness of God. One was a response of obedience. It says, he says, take off my sandals. Let me take them off. Second, it says he hid his face and he worshipped him. I want us to understand that not only does God come down, but when God comes down to us, he desires to have a relationship with us. And notice how God introduced himself to Moses. Here I am. I am a covenant God. How, how do we know you're, I'm a covenant God? He says, I am the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Can you look at that closely there? He says, I am the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, let's look closely here that these names that are mentioned, are, we know them as the patriarch of Judaism, but also if you read Genesis, you're going to find out that these are not very good men of integrity. What are you talking about? When, this is what I'm talking about. There was times that confidence came upon them, that they lied about who their wife was. <laughs> oh, that's not my wife, that's my sister. Thinking that I don't want them to kill me, because she look good, y'all. <laughs> and just to take my wife, but I tell them it's my sister, they, they, they would just say, hey, can I spend some time? And I'd be like, go ahead, as long as I live. But yet God stepped in and let them know, said, how are you going to put this upon us? This is your wife. We could have been cursed by God. Oh, check that. That was Abraham. Isaac did the same thing. <laughs> let, let me tell you my sister. <laughs> not, not tell him that you're my wife. And now we get Isaac's children. He has Jacob and Esau. Uh, Jacob. I'm the God of Father, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob means the deceiver, the tricky one. So I'm the God of the liar, the deceiver, the tricky one, the one that hustled Esau out his birthright, the one that would that would switch up things just to take advantage of others. I'm your God. Mm. And so check it out. It's shown us that not only is God the Father as a covenantal God, but also he's a covenantal God with people that break covenants. <laughs> 
It shows us here that I keep my covenant and I am faithful to those who are unfaithful, whose character may not be as good as I would like it to be, but yet I am still their God. Anybody here glad that God's still your God? <laughs> Even though your character is not how it should be, it's not where it ought to be, but God is still God working on it. Y'all quiet on me. That's all right. I can tell it myself because I know I'm not all that I should be, but I'm so glad that God is everything that I need. And so we see a covenantal God that desires to have a relationship with us. He exposes us to his holiness as well, God. You are holy. And because you are holy, I have to reverence you. I have to respect you because I am not holy. The, the Bible says clearly here that it says that the, it was the angel of the Lord that, assumed that, that, that was there now. We can, we can sparse hairs or talk about what was it. Was it the angel? Was it God? Was it the incarnate Christ, the pre-incarnate Christ that was there? All of that can be discussed, but the point is, is that God was there. And because his presence was there, holiness was there. And because holiness was there, Moses had no choice but to hide his face because he later finds out from God that man cannot see God and live. So what does this mean? It shows us that we serve a God that has come down to desire that relationship with us, but understands in order for us to have a relationship with him, he has to make some provisions for us to be with him. And part of his provision for Moses was that he had to take off his sandals when he came to this holy ground. Then Moses had no choice but to hide his face because he realized he was in the presence of the awesome God. And now here comes God listening to him and say, here, God, this, now, Moses, this is why I showed up. I didn't show up just to show you how awesome I am, that I can make a bush catch on fire but not be consumed. That's, that's not really why I can. I came that it caught your attention. Now that I have your attention, let me tell you why I'm here. I am here because I heard the cry of my people over there in Egypt, yeah, the place you fled from, the place you ran away from. This is my commentary. The place that you are scared to go back to, I'm going to send you back there because I promised them. I, I made a promise long, long time ago before you were sparkling in your mother's eye. I made a promise to, to Abraham, to his son Isaac, and to his son Jacob that they will have a land to be in, a fertile land, a, a land of milk and, and honey, which means that it's a land that will be able to grow cows and get goats and all those things that have milk and it has honey means there's a lot of vegetation, there's a lot of flowers, there's a lot of bees, there'll be a lot of fertility there, a nurturous land. It means there's going to be some water there too, y'all. And the place that I have for them, but yet they're in bondage in Egypt, so I need you to go see Pharaoh. Go tell let my people go. So you see here that God came down to show that he has a relationship, a covenant relationship, to show that he is holy, and tell Moses, I am sending you back to Egypt to take my people out of bondage. So here we find that in this text, you see that there that the land is occupied. Y'all see that there, right? It says the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites. I want to highlight this, that, that, that God is going to remove them from that place. But it's pointed out that this is a land that was already occupied, but God was going to conquer mm, for his people. Look closely here how God came down. Not only did God come down, but love came down. Can you see the cosmic story unfolding here? How God came down. John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You see how God came down, how Christ came down. 
Do you see how in our times of our needs, the time of our disparity, that God is able to send, mm, hallelujah, help for us? You are having a problem in one area. God is preparing our salvation in another area. Mm, mm. So love came down to rescue us. God came down to rescue us, to remove us from bondage, hallelujah, and take us to a place of promise. Oh, hallelujah. Do you grab that? We don't like to stay in the state that we're in. And we can't get out on our own. But God came down. God came down to move us to where he wants us to be. So in this time, we see here that God is using Moses as a type of Christ. Moses is taking the is going to Egypt. Egypt represents bondage, represents oppression, it represents depression, it represents slavery. Moses, a type of Christ, is going to Egypt. Grab this, Christ came down to go to the cross. The cross represents our sin, our depression. Our bondage on the cross, our sins were nailed. So you see here, not only God came down to send Moses, we see it in the whole cosmic unfolding of our salvation, of birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that Christ came down to free us from a type of Egypt, a type of bondage, a type of oppression, a type of depression. That's what sin is. Sin just wants to oppress you, depress you, and have you in bondage and slavery and under its power. And God came down, hallelujah, to free us from that. And the sad thing that sometimes that we are so deep in sin, we don't see how ugly sin really is. Let me ask you this question. If God called you doing what you were doing, how would you feel? And that's the, now, now here's a process that we don't understand that God is ever, he does see us. But we, check this out, if your boss walked in on you, living in sin, how would you feel the next day you showed up to work? You feel ashamed. You wonder, who else knows what I've done? And so if you feel this way, if someone else, you think about how God loves you, he wants what's best for you, how we need to change from these, these horrific habits that we have and say, Lord, let me fix the, 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 my eyes, let me fix my mind, let me fix my lips, let me fix my tongue so that it would no longer be serving this flesh, but how it could be set free, hallelujah, from your Holy Spirit. Moses went to save them from a place of bondage and, and oppression and say, hey, um, God is bringing you to a place of promise. You understand? Jesus came this way, says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He let you know that you are in bond, but yet the kingdom is here. There's a place that you can come or come to the kingdom. And in the kingdom, there's peace. In the kingdom, there's joy. In the kingdom, there's love. In the kingdom, there's mercy. In the kingdom, there's grace. In the kingdom, there's healing. Anybody want to go to the kingdom? And so he's come down to show us how to get to the kingdom. Moses came down to show the people how to get there. But catch this, as God is working on Moses to bring the people their salvation, Moses being who he is as a human being, not perfect, says, I have some objections, God. Who am I? Y'all see that in the text? 
to go to Pharaoh. I could see some additional commentary. Who am I? You know, the one that killed an Egyptian to go back to Egypt knowing they want me dead. I'm going to show up and walk up to Pharaoh and tell him, you know them slaves that you have doing all that good work for you for free? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're doing a good job. I know, I know. Uh, uh, let them go. <laughs> it's for a good reason. that They're going to go worship God at the mountain. They're going to go worship God in the mouth. Just let him go. Just let him go. Of course, you can see how you think Pharaoh going to laugh at that. Pharaoh going to let all these slaves go. That's a whole lot of labor. They're going to let walk out. Look what God responds to. And y'all see that there. Look at Join with me in verse 9 in the third chapter. Look, cried the people of Israel, teach me I have how harshly Egyptians have abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt, but Moses protested to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign, that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. Now, I stop here. We can go on. You can say, well, who do I say to send me? Me see, it says I am. But you see, he already said I am already. <laughs> he says, I am with you. Mm. You can see the, pre- the play on within those words that I am with you. I am sending you. You can see it pointing out to this that God is already identifying himself as he's ordering Moses to say, look here. I am who that I am. I, 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 I am to be who is to be. Basically saying this, that God is eternal, that he's sovereign. He's ever present. That I am that I am. I am sinning. So here we go again. Moses saying, who am I? God says, I am. Let me point out. Many times, uh, I, I, I believe it was Martin Luther says this, that he says, we oftentimes, we say, I am what I am by the grace of God. God is the only one that say, I am, <laughs> that I am. Mm. You catch here that we find our identity through who God is, but God is who he is. <laughs> and so what is pointing out to us that Moses understood that I am weak, I am feeble, who am I? I have no authority, I have no power. How can I go face Pharaoh and tell him to let the people go? That's why God lets him know, don't worry about that. I am with you. Let me encourage you. You might be facing issues, you might be facing troubles, you are facing problems, you might have to go face opposition. But I want you to understand this, that if God's with Moses... Know that God is with you. And if God is with you, cast this, cast this, cast it. Just as Moses is able to stand in front of the most powerful ruler of the world at that time, how much more can God stand with you in front of your co-workers? In front of your bosses? <laughs> oh, if you happen to be in front of a judge, just think about it, how you got the judge. Standing with you as you face a judge. I said a judge, not the judge, a judge. Because they can be replaced with the judge you with. Mm. Can nobody replace Shakespeare? He don't need any counsel. Mm. 
And so you see how God has come down not to abandon us, but to show us that he has a relationship with us, to show us that he is holy, and to show us that he will be with us even when he sends us mm, to face our opposition. Let me help you out. The Bible tells us, you look over in, 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 in Peter, it says how the enemy is seeking whom he may devour. He's like a roaring lion. But it says resist and he shall flee. <laughs> Do you understand that the enemy has to flee? Why does he have to flee? Because when he comes against us, he's not coming against us. That's why we say that I am more than a conqueror. That's why we can say no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Because we realize I'm not standing on my own, but I'm standing in the power of God. Oh, hallelujah. And when I'm standing in the power of God, I have, I have access to his power. I'm trying to leave y'all alone, but I want to make sure y'all grab onto this aspect. That when you have access to the power, there's, there's limitless things that you can do. Think about how many of you have already decorated your house and you, you only decorated your house because you had access to power. And since you had access to power, you could say, I can plug lights in here. I can plug lights in here. I can plug lights in here. You know what? I ran out of room. I'm going to plug in a power strip core so I got more cores I can plug in. And I'm going to plug some more lights in here. I'm going to plug more lights in here. And what you're finding out, that as long as you got access to the power, it's unlimited how many times you can plug in and put more lights up. Oh, what I'm trying to grab here, if you can grab on to what I'm saying, is that because we serve a God that has all power, He's unlimited, there's unlimited access to what you can't do. And those houses that decided to use as much as they can, you know how there's that one house that, that had the tra- that had the Trisibian music chords going on to it. You know they said they could see that light from space. They could see that house from space. It was so well lit up. They could see that house from space because it was so lit up. You can see that house from space with so lit up. Do you understand that you are his light? Woo! And God looks down and says, there's my children. They're shining. And they're shining because they are plugged into me. How will I not move on their behalf? How will I not step in and make sure they're all right? How will I not provide and make sure that everything is going to be all right? Because I am that I am. So next time somebody asks you, who are you? You can let them know, I'm a child of God. (laughs) I may not be special in your eyes, but I'm so no special in his eyes. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. I'm done, but I just got this joke for y'all. Y'all know this joke. This man asking, do you you know who God is? He says, yes, I know who God is. he asked him, what is God's name? He says, God's name is Andy. Y'all know that, right? And his, his name is Andy. Yeah, because Andy walks with me. <laughs> Andy talks with me. <laughs> Andy tells me I'm his own. <laughs> I want to know his name is not Andy, <laughs> but his name is the Lord. And he walks <laughs> with us. And he talks with us. So who am I? 
I'm a child of God. And because I'm his child, he has come down to rescue us. Think about how, I'm trying to leave you alone, but God just give me another thing. Just, we, we, we love the story about Peter walking on the water. I, I, I love hearing people preach on that message. I just love hearing how my Jesus can walk on water. But one thing I love about that message, too, is that this, that Peter cries out. And when Peter cries out, he's safe. Before we cried out, he was sinking. But the moment he cried out, it said he was safe. They were on the boat and they were on dry land. What I want to point out, that we serve our God, that when we cry out, we're safe. Ooh, check it out. It says that the Egyptians cried out, God was already moving because they were safe. He was about to send them their rescuer. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, help us on the way. <laughs> you know what? I got to correct that. Tell them, tell them, tell them help is here. Oh, hallelujah. Tell them help is here. Mm. He's come down. Moses was a type of Christ. But we now have Christ. To set us free. Let us turn. Lord, we just come. We thank you, Lord, that you have come to set us free. You have come to break every shackle. And Lord, we confess to you right now, Lord, our sins. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. We want to repent right now, oh God. We want to have hearts and minds of purity for you are holy. Father, we want to be faithful for you are faithful. Father, we want to trust you before you are trustworthy. And Lord, we want to be obedient, knowing that, Lord, you will empower us to do what you've called us to do. We thank you, Lord, that we are not alone, that we stand in the power of your might. Putting on, hallelujah, your armor, O oh God. Father, we thank you that we are more than conquerors. That we stand in your power, the enemy has to flee. And no one can defeat us, God, because with you, Lord, all things are possible. And so we thank you, Lord, that we are weak, that we are feeble, but in you we are made strong. And so, Father, we thank you, God. Father, we pray that you would help us, Lord, to shift right now how we move in our relationship to, to rest on your power and on your strength. That we remove our ideology, remove our agendas, remove our passions and say, Lord, may you take over. Father, we say yes to your will. We surrender all unto your God. May you have your way here in our hearts, Lord, right now, that we might see the fruit in our everyday lives. Father, there might be someone here looking for a church home. We want to welcome their Lord here in this place. But Father, we will surround them, and together, Lord, we will just be desperately looking how to serve you and seek after you. Oh, Father, have your way, Lord, we pray. Amen. We extend a hand.